Welcome to the RV Podcast. This is episode 421. And this week we talk about what every RVer needs to know about RV tires. Hello everybody, I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. This episode uh, being released on November 9th, 2022, coming to you from Loblolly Ridge, that's the name of our property, the name we gave it, <laughs> uh, in uh, uh, the middle part of Tennessee, near Linden, Tennessee. We're here for a few days, and we are inside the fifth wheel, it's kind of raining out there. And we should also tell everybody this episode is uh, simulcast across uh, both uh, video on our YouTube channel uh, through, of course, your favorite podcast app for those of you who want to just listen to it, and also on the RV Lifestyle Travel blog, rvlifestyle.com. It's good to be with you again. And this week we want to show you how serious it is, how important it is. It's a topic that every RVer has to be familiar with, and they need to know this information about the condition of their RV tires. Tires are a priority. You can't just drive down the road and say the brand new tires, everything's just going to be great. You've got to do some listening and got to learn from this. We had a, someone who follows us tell us his tale. Yeah, and this is a perfect illustration, uh, and it comes from uh, Tom Truchek. And let me read it. Uh, he says, looking forward to your podcast on RV tires. This topic is very timely for us. Recently, we were headed to Las Cruces, New Mexico from Denver to work on a Habitat for Humanity house build. Congratulations, Tom. That's a mm -hmm. great cause. Uh, here's what happened on our trip. At around 12.30 p.m. Uh, we on uh, October 15th, we were traveling down Highway 54 near Vaughan, New Mexico with our 2020 Grand Design Reflection 29, 295RL, that's a fifth wheel, and the rear passenger side tire of the camper blew out. I had cruise control at 63 and my TPMS, tire pressure monitoring system, showed normal temperature and pressures on the truck and the camper tires. I did not call for roadside assistance as I did have two jacks and an impact wrench and a new spare tire and the spot where it happened had a wide shoulder. I was well off the road, and I changed the tire. We were on our way again. But that same day, about 4 p.m., we were about 15 miles south of Alamogordo, New Mexico, on Highway 70, when we had another blowout on the driver's side front camper tire. This time, we were not so lucky, as there was not much of a shoulder, and it was on the roadside. I called roadside assistance number, and over the next two and a half hours, my wife and I talked with three different advisors. I explained the whole situation to each of them. Blow out earlier. No current spare. And the last one said they would contact someone and call me back. She did, and said the operator could be out in 30 minutes. I got the phone number of the operator, and after 45 minutes, I called them. They told me they were unable to come out, and they were going to call roadside assistance back and notify them. Didn't know what to do, so I called the sheriff's office and got three tow companies' numbers. None of them would help us. At this point, we were in the middle of nowhere, and the sun was going down. I told my wife we were on our own, 
And so we unhooked the fifth wheel and left it along Highway 70 and went back to Alamogordo to stay in a hotel till morning. At 8 a.m. on the 16th, I was at Walmart and I told my story of woe to the auto department manager. They were great. They told me a tire, they sold me a tire that I could use as a spare and we went back to the camper and changed the tire as nothing more was ever heard from roadside assistance. Once at Las Cruces, I had all four tires replaced with Goodyear Endurance. I think that's the only RV travel trailer uh, made in America. And I was given terrific service at Discount Tire. These tires that blew had approximately 4,500 miles on them. My unit is stored inside. After doing some research on the Westlake 225-75R15 China bombs, I learned that this is a fairly common problem. The two blowouts ripped off both wheel well fender skirts, tore off the propane line, took out the wiring to all the trailer bikes, and bent up some of the aluminum skirting. I'll be able to do the repairs myself. It cost me about 400 bucks, and we were very lucky. The damage and the loss of control could have been much worse, particularly with that propane line drying down. My takeaway from all this, just because they're relatively new tires doesn't mean they're good ones, and not all roadside assistance programs are the same. And this is from Tom Truchek uh, with his wife, Jenny. Uh, and uh, he did say, by the way, they have a safety feature called gas stop on both propane tanks, and that works. Uh, and you can see he sent us a couple of, uh, of pictures and uh, we'll put them on our face on our YouTube channel. But the, there's a hose dangling from one, and that's the propane hay, uh, hose. It went to the side that was ripped off, um, and uh, this could have been so much worse. Now we hear about stuff like this all the time. It's really unnerving because you buy a new rig. He only had four thousand five hundred miles on those tires. This should not have happened. We are um, at our RV, our fifth wheel, which has. Not even that, maybe 2,000, 3,000 miles on the tires. I mm -hmm. don't know. And uh, we had a flat tire in one of them here, just sitting in our property that we, we had a, a screw had gotten into it. And you can't help that. That yeah, happens that's... just driving on the road. But it does scare you. And I'm seeing these stories all the time. So that's why we want to have this uh, discussion about RV tires. No matter what kind of RV you have, whether you drive a motorhome uh, or whether you drive a towable, a trailer, or a fifth wheel. And our guest today is Chris Doherty. Chris is a certified RV technician. He's a well-known RV consultant. He speaks at uh, seminars and gatherings all across the country on a number of RV maintenance and safety issues. And uh, Chris is an old friend. We, uh, we see Chris uh, several times a year, usually at some of the big RV uh, uh, shows. And um, we have uh, thought that he would be the perfect guy to, to come on the program and help us find out what every RVer needs to know about RV tires. Well, Chris, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I realized uh, we were last together at uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania a while back at the big RV show. And I said, man, I got to get you on the program, and I am so glad uh, we did. You were very busy that week presenting seminars to RV owners, and uh, mm -hmm. I, uh, I just am delighted to have you be able to share your expertise with our audience today. So good to see you, friend. 
It's good to see you too, Mike. And uh, it has uh, the fall has gone quickly. It was it seemed just like it was yesterday that we uh, saw each other at Hershey. But uh, yeah, absolutely. This was my first year doing uh, seminars at the Pennsylvania RV Show, which was fantastic. It was. And uh, so yeah, it's been really uh, good. Well, today we're going to talk about one of the topics uh, on our RV Lifestyle Facebook group that every almost every day there's a question about it and they often get quite spirited and the information can be somewhat you know what armchair engineers everybody's an expert <laughs> and uh i thought we could go over some of these things with a true expert and that's uh, chris already so chris um let's start off talking about um uh, the two two different kinds of rvs at, with two different tires the mm -hmm. motorhomes with their tires and then the towables, the fifth wheels and the trailers. Um, mm -hmm. People think tires are tires. Maybe you could start us with a little education about that. Well, definitely not, Mike. Uh, you know, different tires for different applications, and which is an important thing to, to keep in mind. So when we're dealing with motorized uh, RVs, motorhome tires, we're looking at truck tires generally. Uh, anywhere, you know, if it's a smaller Class C or Class B motorhome, uh, you know, they're appropriate for the size and weight of the the vehicle but it is a uh you have steering tires and you have uh drive tires uh so if it's a two-wheel drive you can put snow tires on for that type of in that type of thing um there are some uh rv application tires that are out there uh specifically goodyear that have um special uh additives in the rubber to help protect them from ozone um, degradation and that type of thing. Uh, but uh, you, you, you're basically looking at a tire that's appropriate for the use that you're going to be putting it to and making sure that it's uh, that it is uh, sized properly, both in its physical size, but also in its weight carrying capacity. So these are we're motorhomes uh, for, uh, you know, all different classes of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, class A, B and C. Um, Tires that are meant to be on a vehicle that is controlled by the engine on that vehicle, not as an uh, ancillary. So what's the difference then in tires that we find on fifth wheels and trailers? So trailers use a different type of tire. It's a special trailer tire, ST tire. And there's different grades of those tires depending on... FT, did you say? No, S is in Sam. So special Sam. trailer. Special trailer, ST, yeah. and that will be yeah. on the on the sidewall of the tire. <clears throat> yes, it will be. So when you're looking for the size, it would be an ST and the size of the tire. Okay, and so those have a, a little bit different design to them. Okay, so they're designed the weight that they're designed to carry. Also, the um, uh, the sidewalls are a little bit different makeup, so it allows for more lateral loads. So as the trailer is turning, we you know we turn a trailer tightly. Uh, it allows for some of that scrubbing, and it has a little extra sidewall strength uh, for it. So that's the, the trailer. Anything different with the fifth wheel tire? Same same tire or? Uh, same tire. So any trailer is going to use you know a tire like that, an ST tire. Um, but again, you're looking at size and you're also looking at, you know, different uh, um, weight ratings uh, for the different tires and also speed ratings. Now, uh, I have seen many people say, uh, suggest that uh, RVers replace the ST tires 
with regular vehicle tires. Good idea or bad idea? Not generally recommended. And again, it's because of the change in that um, in the sidewall of the tire. Uh, you know, are there people that do it? Yes, absolutely, there are. Uh, but you have to make sure that if you're going to change that, that one, the the tires that you're going to put on your trailer wheels are going to be compatible with those wheels. And you also have to be very careful about the uh, load rating for those tires. So is it something people can do? Yes. Uh, but if you want to stick with, and really there's no reason not to stick with a good ST tire, but if you're having trouble with them, which I've had them, had trouble with them, other people have had trouble with them, sometimes it's better to go up a load rating uh, and increase it to the next load rating up and make sure that you're taking care of your tires and you're inflating properly. That's that's the big deal is load and, and inflation. And that gets us to a question that we are asked all the time. And it's a term that I think is relatively new in the last year or two, and that has to do with people complaining of what they call China bombs, trailers uh, that uh, manufacturers put uh, relatively lower quality tires made in China. Is there such a thing? Is that a myth? What, what are we to know about these China bombs and how do we replace them or should we? Well, uh that's a tough question because I, I wouldn't sit there and, and necessarily put a, uh, an umbrella over them and say, okay, we have China bomb tires. I don't think that that's necessarily appropriate. But like everything else that's made in the world, there are good products and there are cheap products. And so is there a, has there been a market out there for cheap tires? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of people talk about, well, you know, I don't want to buy tires made in China. Well, most tires are made in China uh, these days. Very few are made here. The only trailer tire that I'm aware of that's made domestically is the Goodyear Endurance, and uh, which they started uh, manufacturing again a couple of years ago. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I there's there are, I've I've changed tires. I've put some different types of tires on on my trailer, different brand, um, and so far so good. Uh, you know, I went up to a G-rated tire on my fifth wheel. I have a Montana fifth wheel, so I went up a grade in with it, uh, and it's been working pretty well. Uh, the original tires that were on it were softer, and you know they failed uh, within a, uh, a few years. So now you mentioned just, you went just up depends. a grade, a D. Uh, explain that to us. What? How do so we know so that? so tires have load ratings, and so for my trailer when I bought it, it had D-rated tires, uh, and uh, which was you know which was okay, but what I decided to do was go up a step to the G-rated tire. Uh, and you can find the tire charts, uh, you know, at the different tire manufacturers to see what the letters represent as far as the actual load rating of the tire. Uh, but when I decided to change the tires, I was looking at, you know, I took a, a good hard look at the wheels to make sure that the um, uh, the size of the wheels and the pressure and weight ratings would match with the new tires that I bought, and they did. And uh, so then I decided to go ahead and, and upgrade those. And a lot of the trailer manufacturers are offering them. People talk about Salen tires all the time, uh, that they buy the Salens instead, which is still a Chinese tire, but it's more of a commercial type tire. I bought Synergy tires because that's the local tire dealer had that, but it's a similar type of product. Um, 
but again, you know, what's in my opinion, what's more important is that you're watching your weight of the weight on your trailer. And if you can weigh by wheel position, that's fantastic. That's the best way to do it to make sure you're not overloaded anywhere on the unit. Uh, but go to a cat scale. If you have to, that's just fine. It'll, it, it will work. It'll get you in the ballpark and make sure that your tires are inflated properly for the load they're carrying. And now, that's the most that's, essential part. This is a great, uh, great, great question, both for motorhome tires and for trailer tires, um, what they should be inflated to. Uh, over and over, we hear from people that say, well, on the, on the sidewall of the RV or the trailer, it says I should have uh, 80 pounds pressure in my trailer tires. But my dealer says I really should go with 75 or, or my dealer says I should have 95. Um, and then, of course, everybody weighs in and has a different opinion. I'm asking you as somebody whose advice I trust and would take to the bank, <laughs> what do we use to inflate those tires to? What standard? Okay. If the tires are the same tires as were originally put on the unit, uh, then you can go by the sticker that's on the sidewall of the RV to properly inflate your tires because they've calculated that out. If you've changed tires or you're concerned about your weight and you want to make sure that you're absolutely correct, weigh your RV. And then not all, but most tire manufacturers will have on their website a uh, inflation guide, inflation table, which allows you to compare the weight that you have on the tire with the proper inflation for that um, for that weight. Um, yes, some of the Chinese manufacturers don't have those tables, uh, but um, uh, the, you can get a, a general guide guideline as to what the pressure should be. That said, the most damage you can make with a tire is under inflating it because when you under inflate a tire for the weight that it's carrying as you're going down the road the sidewalls flex more uh, and that flexing along with the uh, friction on the road causes them to heat up and that's what can lead to tire failure so if you can't find that then going to the sidewall pressure is the most appropriate um, the sidewall pressure is the maximum load the tire can carry at that pressure. That's what will be listed there, okay? And uh, it may uh, cause a little bit of extra center tread wear uh, when the tire is going down the road. But in the RV space where we are, people's tires age out before they wear out. So we're replacing tires on time more than we are on mileage. That's and a, so that's a big that's a big difference. Give, so, give us some ballparks and time versus mileage. What when should we consider replacing our tires? So it depends. So there's as far as time is concerned, that there is some variability there. Uh, I have so Goodyear, uh, they have been kind of all over the map with it over the years and their current thing, which I looked up before I came on with you just to see what they were saying these days is, uh, you know, quote that uh, many RVers replace their tires at the expiration of the tire warranty, which depending on which Goodyear tire you have is four or five years. Uh, a lot of, a lot of advice in the industry is five years. And I will say that in my experience, my personal experience with trailer tires, that a lot of them don't even last five years. 
Um, so I had a travel trailer that at three years I had to change the tires. Um, and, uh, I have and on my fifth wheel, I had to change them at five. Um, but they, it didn't have much mileage on it for the first, it sat a lot for the first period of time. So I don't consider that a good, uh, measure of that. Um, there are other manufacturers, the, the tires that I just bought, um, the synergy tires, the manufacturer says that no, the tire should not last, should not be, uh, kept after 10 years. And I've heard over the years, seven to 10 years, but I'm seeing more towards five. Um, and, and that seems to be good years thing. So for the average RVer, I guess one of the things, a takeaway from this is a key tool that they should carry is a um, is is something to inflate those tires, uh, some sort of a of a tire inflator. Uh, well, you have you have to you have to monitor the pressure. I mean, you can always go to a gas station or or tire store or something to fill up. Uh, you know, a lot of places have compressors that are available. I certainly recommend carrying one, carrying a good quality air compressor with you. Uh, and there's some different brands out there. And you've got to be, make sure that that compressor is going to get you to the pressure that you, you need to get to. Um, but monitoring your tire pressure uh, is probably the most important thing. So tire pressure monitor system is, is uh, pretty much essential uh, these days. The technology is there. I wouldn't, you know, I have a tire pressure monitor system I've had for a long time and, uh, you know, it saved me a lot of damage. One of the, one of the things is, is that, uh, on a motorhome, you can have an inside dual tire or something like that, that goes low or on a towable, you blow out a tire. You don't even know you did it until, you know, you see pieces flying off down the road and you've done a lot of damage at that point. And I've seen tires do some pretty catastrophic damage to, to, to travel trailers and fifth wheels. Um, over the years. And so it's not something you want to deal with. And a tire pressure monitor system is going to tell you when that tire goes down and you'll be able to get off the road before, you know, big damage happens. Hey, I'm going to interrupt Chris for just a minute because I, I want to make sure you caught what he said, that one of the most essential pieces of safety equipment that you can have for an RV, whether you're in a motorhome or a fifth wheel, is this a tire pressure monitoring system. Um, this is the one that I have for our fifth wheel. It's from TST. It monitors not just the pressure in your tires, but also the temperature. And you can set them so it doesn't go over a certain amount. You can set a low pressure warning, a high pressure warning. Uh, it uses little sensors like this, and they basically screw onto the tire stem and wirelessly it transmits it to this little receiver which you will mount in the dashboard of your vehicle. Uh, I can't recommend this enough. Uh, these people are not a sponsor of us at all. This is the system that we have on our Arcadia fifth wheel. Uh, I'll put an Amazon link and uh, we are an affiliate on Amazon, so we get a little bit of whatever you spend. But uh, wherever you get this, this is this is what we recommend. Uh, this is a great uh, tire pressure monitoring system. Now, they have them in different sets. Uh, I have one uh, for four wheels on our fifth wheel. Uh, I could put them on my uh, truck, my tow truck, but I already have a built-in TPMS system on my uh, on my Ford F250, so don't need them there but I certainly need these on my fifth wheel. 
essential safety product that everybody should have, a tire pressure monitoring system. All right, let's go back to the interview with Chris. Let's, let's talk about storing an RV. Um, first, for those who uh, keep it in one location for a whole season, several months, um, what do you recommend? Uh, maybe it's a, it's a cement pad or a gravel pad. Should they have that tire on uh, wood or one of those little square tire things? Uh, mm-hmm. Or is it fine to be on, on cement? Well, ideally, okay, if you talk to the, the tire manufacturers, if you're storing for a long period of time, the idea is to take the weight off the tire. That's the, that is the gold standard, right? They're saying, okay, we don't want to have a flat spot. We certainly don't want to have it sitting in water or in mud or something along those lines. Um, but that's not really a great thing for everybody, right? You know, because you have to get the vehicle up in the air, you have to put it on blocks and you've got to somehow, you know, a towable, you can't jack the vehicle up by the axles um, because they're tubes and you can damage them. Uh, so you have to go up by the frame. So there's a, a lot of logistics that make that difficult. So here's the thing, protect the tire the best way that you can. So get the tire up off the ground. Uh, you ideally don't want to leave it on pavement because uh, pavement, uh, it gets it gets hot in the sun, right? So it, it absorbs heat. So we want to put it on wood if it's going to be on there for a long period of time. We want to put it on uh, like Lynx leveler blocks or some other type of pad like that to protect it and then cover them, you know, and that, and if we do that and we maintain pressure, we're going to be pretty good. If you're going to store the RV for a very long time where you're not going to be using the RV, uh, that's when you can look at, you know, trying to get the, the weight off the tires. Uh, you can even take the tires off and put them in storage and then reduce the pressure. Uh, if that's something that you want to do, those are diff- some different options. But uh, for the you know for the most part, if we're parking on something that keeps them up out of water, keeps them up out of snow or ice or or mud, uh, and then we cover them to try to protect them from UV and ozone, that's about the best we're going to be able to do. And many people have um, uh, on fifth wheels, particularly uh, hydraulic jacks or four point <laughs> leveling. Those can get high enough to at least take much of the weight off the tire, perhaps not all of it, but but much of it. Is that okay to 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 leave up to use that to get it up, or do you have to get individual leveling jacks that go on the frame? Um, so the officially the 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 leveling manufacturers, if you talk to a Lippert or somebody like that, they're going to tell you that no, you can't lift the RV off the ground with those jacks. Okay? But they do. They, they don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they do. They. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the safe for, but here, here's, here's where you can have a problem with that is you have these flexible hydraulic lines that go from the uh, hydraulic valve assembly to the jack. And so in the wrong circumstance, you could have a failure of a hydraulic line and a failure of a jack. And then you've got a problem, you know, with the RV falling over or whatever the deal is. Right. And that's pretty unusual. They're the ratings on these things are a lot higher than the loads that we actually put on them. But um, if you're going to take it up that high for that long, it's better to put some truck jack stands underneath it, try to support it, you know, by the frame um, that way. And uh, at least you're taking some of the strain off of that. Again, long-term storage. What we're doing though, when we go out and actually are RVing with our unit, 
you know, the units in use were actually doing things with it. And so I'm not as concerned about, about that. Is it some people will stay at a spot maybe a month or so and they will put it up on wood and use the jacks and the tires, I would assume would be okay for that period of time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A month is nothing to think think great, about. Great. And 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 I mean to be clear, I when I store my rig, I store it off season, off site. I have it in a, a storage facility. And um I put I back it up on wood, but I don't do anything else uh, special with it and knock on wood, I really haven't had an issue with it. Well, that's good to know because you know you hear advice everywhere. Um, mm. Takeaways from this interview: a couple of things. One, uh, TPMS system, tire pressure monitoring system. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a must-have for anybody these days. Yeah, many of the motorhomes come with it now, built in as part of the engine. Uh, you know, the chassis. But for trailers, um, get a good one and use that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, check the pressure every day. Every time you, every time you're going to drive it, I guess, right? Absolutely. And the nice thing about the TPMS is you turn it on, and once you have a reading from all the tires, you're good to go. It also monitors heat, so if you end up having a brake issue or the tires getting unusually hot, uh, you can set your, um, you can set the system to alarm. You know, uh, when it gets too hot or the pressure goes too high or too low. Um, and so you can check it out and see what the, the issue is. So let's say I had a, a brake hang up for some reason and it starts to really superheat the, the hub. Um, I'll know about that. All right. Third, third takeaway is put the tires up on wood, get them off uh, concrete or gravel. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other final tips that you would suggest on tires? Uh, do we worry too much about it or not enough in general? Well, it's. I think most people don't worry about it enough, and they're not taking the the really important part of you know weighing your RV when it's loaded. So you put everything in it that you intend to carry with you, and then you put it on a scale and find out what the weight is. And uh, you know, so most tire failures, whether it's these Chinese tires or it's anybody else's tires, um, relate in most cases to weight and under inflation so we want to make sure that those are are settled look you can hit a small object in the road that you don't even realize you've hit and cause damage that causes a tire to fail fail that happens right and so it's not always a manufacturer issue I'm, and i'm not making excuses for the poor tire manufacturer you know the poor quality tire manufacturers right but um it isn't always the fault of the brand of the tire or whatever else it's how we're treating it sometimes it's forces beyond our control so um you know you see sometimes brand new rvs being transported out of you know the plant to their dealership and you know drivers pulled over on the side of the road with a flat tire yeah um you know on the rv and that it unfortunately just happens sometimes and it's um you know, sometimes it's because of a tire issue, but usually if there is a manufacturing issue, they investigate that. So if you go back for warranty, for instance, and the tire dealer takes the tire back and puts a new one on, they'll send that for, um, you know, some investigation. They usually look into that if there's enough of the tire left to try to determine if there was a specific issue, especially if there's a pattern. But um, sure. it's, uh, it's in their interest to fix this. They don't, they don't, mm-hmm. they, I think... People always are so we're so cynical now as a culture and society, and they forget that these manufacturers want to sell these things and they want a good reputation. So they they do take it seriously. 
Chris, I thank you so much for helping us understand tires a little bit. How can people get a hold of you and, and learn more about uh, Chris Doherty? So uh, you can come to my website, DohertyRV.com. And uh, so I'm a, I'm available there. And uh, my email address and everything is there. And if you want to find out more about tire safety, you can go to the RV Safety and Education Foundation at RVSafety.com. Uh, you can also do, go to GoodyearRVTires.com and uh, Michelin RV tires.com i think but michelin also has a, a very good uh website about uh rv tires with some great information that's worthwhile we'll uh we'll put links to those in the show notes and in the description below for those watching the video version of the podcast and we'll have you back again uh chris awesome you're gonna be in tampa i don't know that yet we're still trying to see what's going on but eh, not I don't think so this year. I'm I'm going to be up at the Boston RV show, which happens right, you know, they overlap a little bit. And so uh, I think I'm going to going to be doing Boston instead this year in Springfield. Well, I'll just give you three words. Florida in January <laughs> versus Boston in January. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'll call you up and rub it in. Uh, uh, yep. already, uh, yeah. Thank you my friend, for uh, helping our audience understand tires. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, that was good stuff from Chris. Yeah, that really emphasizes the importance of the tire monitoring systems. That uh, TPMS system, yeah, it is. Uh, as uh, as I said in that little bit, I interrupted him. I'll, I'll put a link to the one we have. There are many of them on the market. The one we have is is uh, uh, just we're, we're very happy with it, and uh, we'll put an Amazon link uh, in the show notes and in the description for the video and. Uh, we hope that uh, you, if you don't have one and you tow a vehicle, make sure you, you get one. Uh, I don't care what brand or anything, just get one. It's important. Now, if you have a motorhome, many motorhomes already come with a TPMS system in it, and um, uh, that's great. Your tow vehicle may have one in it, but if you don't have one on either your tow vehicle, uh, whatever you bring that trailer or that fifth wheel with, or if you don't have one in your motorhome, get one. You can do the same kind we have that screw on to the valves, the stems from the tires, but you need to know that and you do need to monitor it. So again, thanks to Chris Doherty and um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was good stuff. When we come back, we will uh, have the RV news of the week, so stay with us. One of the most exciting developments for RVs is happening out west in Arizona. Western Land and Ranches is selling five-acre high-elevation ranches just off the famous Route 66, the birthplace of the American road trip. Prices start at only $39,900, and these are beautiful, secluded tracts of land surrounded by majestic mountain ranges with sweeping valley views. The high elevation is a unique microclimate as well, giving you cooler temperatures, green grasses, and tree cover, making it unique for desert property. The community is in the center of it all, close to the best of the West, Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, Lake Havasu, Lake Mead, Lake Mojave, the Colorado River, Flagstaff, Sedona, and Historic Williams. If you're tired of crowded RV parks and paying high fees for sites, well, ownership might be right for you. This incredible collection of mountaintop properties called Greenwood Ranches hit the market 
and it's selling out fast. There is no HOA. You can build a house, a cabin, outbuildings, or just RV. It's your property, your way, 100% ownership. Visit the website to get details and set up a showing, ArizonaRVLand.net. That's ArizonaRVLand.net. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Welcome back to the RV News of the Week. And Mike, you've got some big news about Starlink. Yeah. Uh, Starlink just continues to disappoint. <laughs> Starlink, of course, is Elon Musk's satellite system that has had such great promise to uh, particularly RVers because of the blazingly fast internet speeds that it uh, is capable of. Capable of, but uh, they parcel it out quite stingily. Uh I've uh, I've written and done a number of stories before about it. Um, how the um, I'm unable to really use it to upload any live videos as we like to do a lot of live streaming and it's just too slow. The only way you could do that is if you were in the, a permanent location in a home location, uh, and uh, you uh, then you're prioritized. But now they've even changed that a little bit. Uh, for RV users or those who have portable users and even permanent users, um, they have uh, they've kind of dropped their their uh, their perks. I, I guess the only way to say it. Let's talk about the residential subscribers, those with the permanent that are from their permanent location. They used to have the fastest speeds, and they probably still will, but they're going to be capped now. They're only going to get one terabyte per month. That's a lot, but still they're capped of what they call priority access. Uh, and when that is up, subscribers will get basic access, which means the speeds may be throttled or slowed down to reduce network congestion because so many people want Starlink. Uh, and the only way around that is if you pay uh, 25 cents per extra gigabyte over that uh, one terabyte limit. Now, if you are an RV subscriber, meaning that you can, you're, you've subscribed to the RV plan where you travel around and can use your RV, um, you used to be able to get 100 uh, Mbps speeds on download. Uh, and that was pretty significant. Now they have cut that. They will only guarantee from 5 to 50 Mbps. So they're, they've cut that pretty much in half of what you can get. Uh, now, they've been having, as we have reported over and over, lots of problems with congestion on their network, slowing speeds, and particularly in areas with large populations. 
uh, particularly east of the Mississippi. Uh, out west, uh, it's always, our uh, Starlink has been much better. Um, the speeds have been better, but uh, um, they're hoping that this will manage congestion. They're trying to get as many satellites up there. He eventually wants like 40,000. There's about 3,000 or so now. But um, I have to say, you know, we've had it since March, and it has been a disappointment to us i'm i'm very seldom able to use it with any um, with any efficiency meaning i can't live stream with it so stay tuned we'll keep watching star starlink but it's it's not all we'd hoped it will be that's that's my assessment what do you got for us this week all right what i've got for you this week is a sad story that comes out of texas uh we saw this about a couple who recently bought an rv and uh, they had planned an rv trip and someone stole the rv out of their driveway while they were planning for this trip the uh, wife had recently been diagnosed with alzheimer's disease in 2020 and the husband bought an rv and was lovingly preparing it so they could make a few trips together and share these memories before she could no longer physically travel and do this. The Plano, Texas couple had been married for 60 years and the husband had named the RV Joyce's Dream in honor of his wife and uh, had the name detailed on the side of the rig. Uh, they were going to do their first big adventure in about a week but now those dreams have gone because of this theft. And police are asking for the public's help finding that 29-foot classy Atlantis RV. And so far, no luck. And it's a... So a 29-foot classy Atlantis. And it's got Joyce's dream uh, written across it. Now, I'm thieves sure they may, <laughs> they may have taken that off, but you never know. Uh, but let's hope that they get that back and are able to uh, to enjoy uh, some more trips. So they're married sixty years; they have to be in their early eighties. I would guess. Yeah. yeah, I would guess. Yeah, uh, that's a tough story. That's a very sad story. It's a story uh, from Ford Motor Company this week. They've got a. Uh, they've been very popular with RVers with their Transit chassis. Uh, when Mercedes was unable to provide a lot of Sprinter chassis, many RVers quickly came up with floor plans and began to build uh, Class Bs and Class Cs on the Ford Transit chassis. Well, Ford has taken note of that and they've unveiled uh, for 2023 the Ford Transit Trail. And it's a van that's aimed at uh, van lifers, those who are looking for a van that they can build out on their own. Uh, it'll be available in a medium to um, a high roof uh, configuration. They will have drillable areas uh, where you can put in cabinets, a bed, shelves, more. They'll even give you some suggested ideas. Uh, has a higher ride height um, for ground clearance. For those of you who want to get out and do some boondocking on, uh, you know, maybe not the best roads. And um, something impressive, it can pull 6,500 pounds. And uh, it's just another indication that this van life movement is uh, is still out there, and Ford is gonna uh, is very well aware of how popular the transit is with RVers. I'm proud of Ford. Yeah, we got one more story for you, Mike. This is a good story, a happy story. If you find yourself camping in Tennessee this Thanksgiving, you may want to stop by six of the state's state parks for a Thanksgiving Day feast. Uh, some Tennessee state parks have restaurants, and those restaurants will be serving up 
a turkey dinner with all the fixings. Reservations are suggested. Prices vary per location. And four of the state parks are also having special giveaways for free camping. So Google Tennessee State Parks for more information. That's a great idea. There is. You know, there's a lot of, uh, of, of full-timers, you know, who... Uh, may not be with family and friends, and so they're in a campground, and uh, good for Tennessee. Yes. Yeah, that's our, our second state here. Maybe our third state, but Florida, Michigan, Tennessee. I'm putting uh, Michigan, Tennessee, Florida. Okay, Michigan, Tennessee. Florida. Well, that's in that order, north yeah. to south. Right. Uh, but uh, congratulations, Tessie, and uh, that's awesome. You know, it's, it's time, too, to decorate your RVs. And uh, we should ask people if they have their RVs decorated. Send us a photo. That uh, would be fun. Our email is mikeandjen at rvlifestyle.com. We'd love to get pictures of, uh, of your RVs decorated up for Christmas and the holidays. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we've got some feedback and your RV questions. So stay with us. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds and competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. It was for Jen and me. We bought some land just west of Nashville, Tennessee in an incredible collection of mountaintop RV properties called the Woodlands at Buffalo River. These are 5 to 62 acre properties that allow RVs year-round starting at $79,900 and we loved it. The scenery is breathtaking and you can own it outright. It's not a timeshare, it's your property, your way. You can landscape, garden, bring your pets, build what you want to. There's high-speed internet and it's so private. It's a great place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations, ready whenever you want. And they're selling these properties by appointment, five to 62 acres, $79,900. Financing, big discounts available on multi-lot packages. For information, visit myrvland.com, myrvland.com. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back. And now it's time for the RV questions of the week. And uh, we've got some feedback. Last week, we talked about that burning rubber smell that came from our Sprinter uh, Base Class C motorhome last week. Several readers responded with the answer to our puzzlement. And I'm so glad they responded. We knew we could count on you guys to help us figure this out. Yeah. Now we've uh, had we've had sprinters before, but we've never never, never had said this. we had come back on about a two hundred mile trip and we'd driven hard against the very stiff windy winds, day. Very windy. And when we turned it off, we got home and we turned it off 
it was this strong, it was a brand new motorhome, strong, uh, burning rubber smell. And I checked everything, couldn't find it. So I, I just mentioned it last week. And then we got this note. Do you want to, uh, this note that uh, came on, I guess we should share it, right? Yeah, we'll All right. share it. It's from Joseph Flack. And uh, let me just read it here. I'll pull it up on my screen. Uh, Joe says, uh, and there were several others who wrote about it. We thank all of you. Joe says, the smell is caused by the Sprinter's pollution control system. You don't smell it while you're driving down the road. Uh, the proper name for it is the diesel particulate filter. And it's, uh, if you want to look it up, it's on page 118 of the Mercedes manual. In the right-hand column, Joe says. Uh, it does what is called an automatic regeneration, which is when the contents of that filter are burned off. It says it smells like rubber uh, if you stop and it happens to be burning it off at that time. Uh, Joe says, we noticed it at the outside on the right side of uh, the door. It takes about 20 minutes at highway speeds for the system to burn off. Uh, and you can see how much is in the systems using the left steering wheel side controls. Left side uh, of the steering wheel, top left, is a home button. It tells you how to press that. Then use that button to the right to scroll left. Click on service. Then scroll down to the particulate filter. And right below the oil level, it will tell you how full that bag is. And here's the thing. When it gets to 95%, it automatically will burn it all off. And uh, if you're driving at highway speeds, no problem. It'll, you don't even smell it. But if it happens to be burning it off when you stop, as what happened with us, mm -hmm. then you notice it. He says, just ignore the smell. It won't happen again until it reaches 95%. So that was a big relief. Oh, that was, you can't, we can't begin to say how we appreciate that answer because we were a bit reluctant to drive it any place until we figured out what that smell was because we've never experienced that before. It came right before we were taking a trip. We've been on the road now for five five weeks, I think, and it came right before we were leaving for that and we just didn't have time to get it checked out. So. Right. Anyway, yeah, we know what that was. It was the diesel particulate filter and uh, nothing to worry about. And I'm glad it burned off all that junk. <laughs> All right, questions okay, for the week. Okay, another question. When storing our RV for the winter, should the slides be in or out? Oh, man. Who's that from? That's from Robert. Robert. Well, Robert, uh, you're going to get people who will answer you both ways. But it just makes sense to store it with the slides in. Um, you know, there's a rubber seal around all the slides. And usually it's, it's very good. But for example, if you want to run your Starlink uh, cable inside to hook up your router, you can peel that thing back and just push your cable right in and pull it in that way. So it's it's not as sealed as the whole RV is when it's all pushed in, the slides. Uh, so I would not store an RV without the slides pulled in. Uh, plus in the wind, you know, the wind can, if you get a strong wind, it can cause some stress on them. It, uh, something could fall on it that would maybe miss the RV but catch the slide. I mean, there's a million things that could go wrong if you're not there all the time. So we store ours with the slides in, not out. We were just gone two weeks and we uh, we stored them. Uh, we put pulled the slides in. I mean, it takes two seconds to push the switch and get them out again. So other people will say, oh, I've done that. I've kept the slides out. Well, good for them. But 
Common sense says no. I've got to say, when we were camping at Tequamden Falls in the winter with the snow and the ice and everything, oh, yeah. and we had our slide out, I was worried about having it come back in because of you the snow and the ice, ice. All, all of that was on that. And I thought, I wouldn't leave the slides out when it was at home because of the extra wear and tear, the weight of snow and ice and all that, all those seals that are exposed to the elements. Just close her up. And some people don't have snow and ice, and they still are in storage. But but then you probably got lots of sunshine. Yeah. So our advice: close it uh, with with the, close up the slides if you're going to leave it in storage. You know, it just makes sense. All right, I've got one for you, Jennifer. Oh, this dear. is from Emma, and she says, Jennifer, what do you do about haircuts and coloring stuff like that while traveling? It's scary trying to find someone good in a new town. Emma, it is so scary. You are absolutely right. That's why I always look different every time you see me. <laughs> <laughs> what I have been known to do is um, if I'm in a store or a restaurant, usually a store is pretty comfortable. And if I like the way somebody's hair looks that's working at that store, like last time I did that, it was a cashier at a store. I asked her where she got her hair done. And so I wrote that name down. I haven't gone to that person yet, but I wrote that name down. So um, you got to look around and uh, look for somebody who you like the way their hair looks. Because women are so open and sharing and we don't care that we're happy to share. I can honestly say I've never asked never anybody cared. where you get your hair done. I mean, you would like them to shave your head. Then that would well, be happiness to you. Well, yeah, it would be, it'd be easy to maintain. Right. right. You know, but, um, so, First, oh. now I could shave my head and I'd be like one of the kids. Yeah. If I shaved like half of it or two-thirds of it and then just left some up on the top and made it green or red or something. Yeah, I got or neon blue. green, neon red. Yeah, there you go. There. All right. Hey, those are your questions, your comment, your feedback. I want to thank Chris Dougherty for helping us understand mm -hmm. RV tires. Please make sure you have a tire pressure monitoring system. Pay attention to your tires. We've got a, a really uh, fun show coming up next uh, podcast. We're going to interview uh, the 100-year-old RVer. An RVer who is a 100 years, he, and it was actually 100 years and four weeks when we did the interview the other day. And you'll meet him on the podcast next week. Meantime, send us your comments, your questions, your feedback, your tips. Our email address is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Till next week, we want to thank you for watching, and we'll see you down the road. Happy trails. <laughs>